Are there any big plans for tonight? Uh, carousing on uh, Tinder tonight, or or no, taking the night off? <sighs> yeah, I think I'll pass on tonight. You know, it's uh, tonight. <laughs> tonight's about family. Uh, I'll be hanging out with the family. So, uh, you know, the problem is with Tinder Gold is you, you start to spot some of your 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 Tinder matches in public. You know. <laughs> You, you run into them and you're like, oh shit. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horse all line up at the post. Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, dude? What is up, man? How you doing? It's good. It's a good day. Chiefs play Big tonight. day. Big day. <laughs> Big day. Uh, it's my birthday. So Chiefs play uh, Thursday night. They'll hopefully get a win for me. But yeah, it's a uh, I'm feeling old today, man. Like, uh, I mean, you know, you're way older than me, so you know, you know what it's like. But I mean, mm-hmm. 36. I feel like I have more gray hair than I've ever had in my life. Um, my body feels a little old today. I'm a little tired. So how how do you recover? How do you uh, how do you handle these this old age? Uh, you don't stay up very late, and you don't <laughs> do much during the day, and you don't do very much at night, and you feel pretty good when you wake up in the morning. That's that's the only uh, secret I can give you right there for that. Um, Listen, I think the world wants to know, and the world meaning magic. Um, last year, we got you a Tinder subscription for a year, right? Tinder Plus or Tinder Gold, I don't remember what it's called. We just want a follow-up. How did it go? <laughs> successful? Would you recommend it to your friends? Uh, yeah. You know, I actually was – it's funny you asked that. I was looking back at, you know, when I was putting up putting together t- today's show, and I was looking back at what we did last year this time. And I was like, oh yeah, that was the uh, the Oprah Winfrey special, you know. That was the that episode where I got I won all the prizes. Um, no, it, I would say it got solid use. I would say it was uh, it, it was was it? I thought was it six months or a year? I don't remember. I thought it's. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. It ran out, so that's unfortunate. But um, it it, do, it it did it did help. It was good. Um, I would say it has a success rate of probably. What does it work? Uh, you know, twenty percent of the time, one hundred percent of the time. So, <laughs> it, it works really well. Uh, the Trulies, the, I mean, those were gone in the next, like, the first, you know, the first couple of days. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I just, I'll, I'll plead the the fifth on the uh, the the other prize I won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that makes sense. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I didn't need. If you have Tinder Gold, you don't really need the other thing. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> well we, care it, it was levels we didn't think you would win the tinder gold so <laughs> that's why we had that one first or second <laughs> i love it yeah no it's it's good um and you guys you know i feel like you can you've been living vicariously through through uh kind of the updates throughout the year so i think uh you know it's it's uh it's a you know, it's a jungle out there, buddy. You got to, you know, you need all the help you can get. And, and Tinder Gold, and Tinder Gold was that was that help you needed. It would push me through over the edge. Are there any big plans for tonight? Uh, carousing on uh, Tinder tonight, or or no, taking the night off? <sighs> yeah, I think I'll pass on tonight. You know, it's uh, tonight. <laughs> tonight's about family. Uh, I'll be hanging out with the family. So, uh, you know, the problem is with Tinder Gold is you, you start to spot some of your 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 Tinder matches in public. You know. <laughs> you know? You, you run into them and then you're like, oh shit, you know? Um, I, one time that literally happened to me. Uh, I was at lunch by myself, which that sounds like a loser, but I was at lunch uh, <laughs> by myself and 
I I sat down or I I sat down and I sat down next to these two ladies and I was like, ah, oh, that girl looks familiar. And I could tell like she kept looking at me and I started like click and it was like, oh yeah, I talked to that girl one time on <laughs> on on one of them. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, so it gets a little awkward if you well either way it gets awkward whether you follow up with it or not you know what i mean so i i understand i understand well there you go that was i didn't i didn't know we were going to go that far but i am glad we asked the question <laughs> hopefully magic listens to this see he gets the answers that he needs yeah well magic he's probably off you know making some stupid video again or something new <laughs> that's doing true right there's really no telling what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah it's uh yeah it's been it's been a solid year um you know we are been a, it's hard to believe that's been a year to be honest um lots happened right uh it seems like seems like we're in a world where COVID has gone away but yet it's not at all we were just talking about off air it seems like we're back to normal so to speak but off air we were talking about how the you know like every you know as fantasy guys fantasy football guys like every that's been the story of the year is how many guys are off on the injured or you know the injured report but the COVID list um seems like that's happening left and right and obviously that's a big deal for tonight's game with the chiefs and and uh, chris jones might be out and uh sneeds out for uh, other reasons and then uh, willie gay's out for so it's just like you don't know and you hate to see how this is gonna i mean you, this could have an impact as we get closer and closer to the playoffs and you have a huge playoff game and now that we had that we had those things happen last year and the year but you, you didn't you kind of wait you kind of expected this thing to kind of phase out and it seems like it's only getting worse yeah it does it's uh nfl's got big 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 problems right now nhl has got some issues too nobody's talking about it because it's still early in the season and nfl's going strong but yeah a lot of players man i mean i think the browns have 11 guys out right now 11 starters i should say out so uh but it, like i said it's it's everybody and it's everywhere and the chiefs without chris jones tonight most likely we'll see maybe he can get in there late but yeah and the thing people don't, other thing people don't realize, okay, you, when you're out, that means you can't do anything. You can't participate. You can't practice. You can't anything. And that was the, like the NHL's big thing was, okay, you miss a week of conditioning and all that stuff. Well, it takes a couple of days to get back in shape too. So basically when you get COVID, it's a couple of weeks, you're going to be out. Yeah. And for what I've saw is a lot of these reports have been, uh, at least the guys in the NFL have been a lot of asymptomatic positives where they, yep. they've, it's almost just like they can't they're fine they feel fine but they've got a positive and now they just have to like you say be away from the team and, and can't travel and do anything yeah. really until they pass and i know i think there's different regulations in terms of if you've been vaccinated and of course you got the the, the aaron Rodgers stuff that or antonio <laughs> brown or whatever you know that make up they've been vaccinated but it's just wild uh but no yeah it's it's a it's a it's a mess but luckily we haven't seen any of that in racing um we, you know it's we just back to normal really did racing ever well it was always normal right <laughs> did, did racing ever acknowledge COVID? i'm not sure <laughs> i mean it, i know oakland's never changed you know <laughs> they, no. they, all they did is just extend dates you know they just yeah. kept on, it was like let's add more you know like everyone's coming might as well so um but yeah, it definitely feels like nothing's really changing in that department. Unless you know, unless your name is Bob Baffert and he's got other other things to worry about. Uh, speaking of Bob Baffert, what'd you think of last week's uh, <clears throat> charity? I know that was a heavy hitter of a race. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Five horse field and two Doug O'Neills and two Bob Bafferts. I didn't take much out of it. You know, I, I thought you know, Messier had a very very wide trip uh, and just couldn't quite finish with any kind of you know, oomph at all. And, and, you know, slow down Andy just kind of got the trip and, and beat him. I mean, it, he definitely improved uh, for sure from a speed figure standpoint. So there's that, but I don't, I don't think, like said, I, I said last week, I don't think any of these horses are going in the hall of fame and I'll stand by that. I don't think these horses are very good. Well, dude, we're a week away from the uh, less than a week away from the, uh, the draft. And uh, I mean, I know you, we've you've already started making our lists and i've started making my list and it's just like i i mean there's not especially now you know the one year i actually get a good draft pick the second draft pick and it's like i don't even know there's like not even a clear two horses that i like you know like normal years like last year you have it's like well if i don't get life as good i get a central quality or vice versa like you know that you're getting a really this year there's not anyone sniffing 
those two horses the way we felt about those horses last year. Nope. That's about the best thing I could say. Nope. I mean, there's just nobody there. There's nobody out there that uh, you're real interested in right now. And like I said, you get the number two pick last year, you get essential quality. Okay. We can, we can work with that, but you know, even like a Corniche is who I'm, I'm going to assume or guess or he's going to go number one. I don't know that you're that excited about him really, you know? So uh, right now it's an underwhelming group. Of course, we got a lot of time, you know, but uh, you try to put together 50 uh, prospects for the Kentucky Derby. Well, you get thin after about two, you know, so uh, it's going to be a lot of guesswork in this one. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, nobody's really standing out. Not, not, not a real talented group so far. No, it's, you know, it's like, I mean, I feel like if, like if Messier would have gone out and like, romped is something that, that that horse could have potentially got the one pick you know i, I could mm-hmm. see john and then being like okay you know um but hell i mean then you look at like doppelganger who ran that made special weight and i mean shay looked awesome and so you never know what that you know maybe that's the horse that you know so it's tricky like you could you could end up with doppelganger in the eighth pick or the second round or whatever and be be better off than corniche who you know who knows what you'll see from him so yep. uh yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, it's a mess, really. And then you have the Baffert effect. That what are they gonna what are you gonna do with them? You know, I mean, I where know. are they gonna run? How are they gonna get points? Who's what's gonna change? Are they gonna get new trainers? Is that gonna affect you know how well they run? Uh, it, there's a whole lot of shit to go with that uh, as well with the Baffert effect. So he doesn't have COVID issues. He's got uh, I guess we call it drug issues. <laughs> 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 anyways reportedly drug issues i'm allegedly yeah. allegedly um all right yeah let's uh speaking of uh derby we've got a derby prep but quote unquote derby prep this weekend or at least friday in the springboard mile are you going i'm not no i'm not going not going this year i, I got too much other stuff going on we're leaving it for new york uh this weekend so I'm, I'm i'm gonna skip but i'll definitely be watching you can you can bet on that one do you have like uh like frequent fly miles to use. I need them, man. I'm kind of getting tired of it. I just want to stay home, you know. <laughs> but but no, we're back back. Got Christmas. We haven't been to New York for Christmas in a long time. So we were due, but it just comes at a time where we've traveled a ton, it seems like. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh your little travel people all the time so every time yep. i talk to you you're going somewhere new but all right yeah let's talk about the uh let's get to this today's show because we have a big show lined up with the 400k springboard mile again at 2022 kentucky derby prep race at remington park and we're getting some rapid fire selections for the remaining stakes action this weekend at goldstream park oaklawn park and remington park let's go Friday at Remington Park, race 12, the Remington Springboard Mile Stakes 400K. Uh, this is a race for th- two-year-olds turning three, obviously, soon, going one mile, and it is worth Kentucky Derby points, 10-4-2-1 for your top four finishers. Phil and I lines up for this one, and I did the I used the air quotes. If you're listening to this, I used the air quotes for the derby <laughs> prep because it is a derby prep. It's officially a derby prep. It, even whenever there's been horses that come into this race as some sort of hype, so to speak, it it, ne- it kind of fails to bring home any sort of real, you know, potential horses for the Derby Trail and the Derby itself. So Halterman is a field that looks relatively weak on paper. Do you have any excitement towards this race in terms of, of actual Derby prospects? Well, I think the thing you can you can make for it, or the case you can make for it is it's it's pretty wide open, right? Like these horses aren't going to have to go face, you know, essential quality, hot rod Charlie, uh, life is good next out, right? The, their, their crop that they're in right now is pretty wide open. So if somebody j- can jump up and run a big race and they're going to be right there. I don't know who that horse is, though. It, it's kind of a mishmash bunch uh, for sure. Uh, you know, I looked at this for a long time. I actually went with the number three, Bye Bye Bobby, which is a great name. And by the way, <laughs> they have another horse. Uh, the, this ownership has another horse named Bye Bye Jill. So I do think that is what they're named after, Baffert and, and his wife, Jill. So anyway, Bye <laughs> um, Bye Bobby, last time out, debuted in a stakes race at Zia Park. 
and won and looked pretty good. Uh, the trainer, Finchner, won this race last year with Senior Buscador. Um, similar type of thing, had one race, came in here and won. I, I think the horse fits really well already from a speed figure standpoint. And if he moves up a little bit, which you would guess first to second start, he would. I think he's going to be tough here. Now, picking a horse with one win and it came at Sia does speak to what I think of the field. It's not great. So I, I did go number three, bye-bye Bobby on top. Yeah, you know what? Surprisingly enough, uh, uh, that's where I landed too. And I know that with like with Fincher and obviously you like seeing our Buscador before the race and obviously mm -hmm. the horse won. And then, you know, uh, you liked him a lot afterwards, of course. But yeah, I mean, you look at this, like it's kind of crazy, right? This horse was an $870,000 purchase, uh, a quality road horse. Obviously, they bought this horse with some real expectations. And then to debut the horse at Zia, you're like, yeah, that's weird. But he, like, like you say, like Fincher, no, like he won this race last year. This was the plan to get this horse from there to here. And I mean, obviously, similar closing style too, right? In terms mm -hmm. of what we saw, Senior Buscore just kind of kept running uh, late in that race and just kind of extended as the horse continued to uh, to go. That of course, that was a six furlong, so stretching out should not be an issue whatsoever, and obviously might even help the horse. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think this horse is very. Uh, is very interesting here you're getting four to one and i'm wondering if because of that two horse uh make it big for Safi joseph and he gets jose ortiz to ride which is going to take a lot of money tell me about this one obviously it looks like a lot of a very speedy horse you know this is a really interesting horse uh two for two two really nice wins in a row like I said gets jose ortiz aboard this is a Florida bred stepping up to open company and then obviously moving uh, tracks from Gulfstream to Remington. Um, the deal is the horses won impressively both times, but the speed figures, at least from the time form standpoint, he's got the lowest in the bunch and it's really not all that close. So it's weird, right? It's like, so what's going to, what's going to give here? Will the speed figures be right? And this horse isn't very good. Or we'll look at it, it's like it's Safi and Jose Ortiz at Remington Park, and that'll come through. I didn't know what to make of this horse. He is like the de definition of a you know defensive type of views, where it's like, yeah, I, I don't really want to leave that horse off because what if the speed figures just were kind of off for those races, and then he comes up here and he wins and 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 runs like one you think would run with Ortiz aboard in this field. So uh, yeah, I, I'm playing them uh, on a ticket. I'm not playing them on top. Uh, I, I just couldn't get there because those those figures were so low. That was a super weird one because it's like I'm with you. I kind of thought, you know, I didn't. I kind of disregard it a little bit, and it's like, well, I mean, Jose's on the horse, mm -hmm. and I'm with you. The number is pretty pretty slow. It's obviously a lot to you know moving tracks, going from you know Florida bred to this. Not like this group is you know a bunch of you know, world beaters, but still, um, it's tough. Right. And then Safi, obviously outside of, uh, outside of, uh, uh, you know, like Gulfstream is, I mean, that's his bread and butter. So yeah, you kind of wonder, there's a lot of question marks. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I think you got to use them defensively because two races have been very, very good, but yeah, you kind of wonder, you kind of feel like you could also see this horse putting up a, a nice little dud, um, as well. Okay, what about the uh, Asprey and Winchell have two horses in here, including a gun runner in the one concept. This horse ran a massive race, two back at Remington Park. Got a huge number that day as well. Came back from that race and didn't run very well to, at all in the Clever Trevor, which of course is kind of a prep race for this race. So what What do you, uh, which, which Asprey, because obviously one of these horses, it's either the one concept or the five classic moment, one of these horses is going to be getting a lot of uh, a lot of money at the windows. Which one do you like? Well, it's awkward, right? Because the number one concept, like you said, two back was was really really good over this uh, surface and really ran a race that, from a speed figure standpoint, is just better than what anybody else has done up to this point. Also, beat a horse named Tayana Twist, who came back to win a nice race at Churchill Downs. It's a pretty nice horse as well. Last time out, just too bad to believe. And now, you know, Elliot was on the horse last time out, and he jumps to the five classic moments. So I'm kind of off the one uh, a little bit here. I do think the five classic moment, like I said, the other Asmussen is interesting. Uh, broke the maiden last time out at Churchill Downs. Uh, beat a horse named Cyberknife, who was a horse I singled that day. 
uh, a horse that looked really tough to beat. And, you know, this, this horse got the job done over him. So uh, I like that. Uh, I, I think this is the one I would rather play. I, I, I think, you know, he's going to need to progress from that, from that win. Going to have to jump up in the speed figure department just a little bit, but it's a classic empire horse, $350,000 purchase. So, uh, you know, I think this horse will show up and run a pretty good race. And here's another one, the one that we'll probably see amongst a couple of these other ones that we'll probably be seeing uh, from this race into the Smarty Jones. Osborne, yep. the nine for uh, Ron Moquette, of course, an Oakland guy. Uh, Le Peru on board. This horse debuted nice second place finish at Churchill and then followed that up at Churchill with a nice win. So we're, this is a very interesting, a Tapature horse. Seems like this horse could do quite well here. I mean, it's it's Moquette. You got to think this horse has got at least, like I said, Derby kind of trail on his, you know, on his radar. So, what do you think of this one? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think this is going to be his, you know, Oakland Derby Series type of horse. Uh, you know, Leperud comes to ride here. You know, and it, it's weird, Moquette and Leperud like with a horse together. That's 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 odd. But this will be the third straight time. Uh, I think this horse is nice. I think he's going to be a horse that's that's going to have uh, have a say in in a couple of these these kind of races. I'm not leaving him off a ticket. I don't think you should either. I really think he's he's sneaky here. Uh, outside draw, you might think that's bad, but he's got early speed, so I think he gets over before the first turn. Kind of stocks maybe the two Ashmussen horses. I think Osborne's got a big shot. I like six to one as well. Yeah, I definitely, and you know, his numbers came back uh, fairly strong and very consistent too. So I feel like this horse is kind of, as far as what we've seen from these other horses, seem like they've been all over the place. Maybe some good, like like the one had a really good race and a really bad one. The nine kind of feels like it's been pretty consistent. Even in the loss uh, on debut, the horse ran really well. So I'm with you. I think the nine at six to one, especially, is kind of the one you need to uh, to watch out for. But all right, so you and I are both on the three. Bye bye, Bobby. Four to one. Either whatever happens in this race, is there anything that's you know obviously you know I don't want to like you know twist the knife, but you obviously made your top draft selection out of this race last year. So is there anything out of this race that could happen that you're like you know what like that's a horse that's got some sort of potential on the Derby Trail. Well, I think when you look at just the connections, you think, well, if Make It Big was to win here, obviously, I think it's like a horse. It's like, okay, he's he's pretty decent, you know. Uh, Aspusons, if one of his runs really well, you're like, okay, they could they could get on on the Derby Trail. Moquette, I mean, I don't think you take him as a like a Derby winner threat, but he'll be around. But I mean, overall, I think the best answer is no. You just don't expect a whole lot to come out of this race. You know, but some other years we've we've kind of thought, okay, there might be a decent horse, you know, here, 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 and they're not. Well, maybe this year you get a surprise. So, uh, but no, overall, I'm not expecting like a monster performance, uh, you know, this weekend out of this race. Well, yeah, you know, it seems like a race, like you know, like like long range toddy. Obviously, long he, you know, he came back to and and, and shocked the world by winning uh, at Oakland um, in the split rebels, but. He, I mean, he obviously was a letdown overall. Um, so you never know in terms of what, especially like you said, one of these Asmussen's that comes out of this and, you know, just starts to, you know, run like mediocrely good races to where the horse is just enough on the radar running these big races enough to kind of rack up some points and maybe sneak into the, to the, you know, top 20 in front of the Derby ranks. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly think the horse, like, for instance, you and I both like the three. I don't really have a lot of big thoughts that the three is going to be a derby prospect. Mm. I don't like not even not even a little bit. Right. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and I, I like uh, obviously, you know, I, I like the trainer. I like the connections. But no, I just, you know, senior Buscador last year looked better than this horse coming in into the race for sure. Like if you remember last year, if you or you go back and listen to the show last year, I don't know why anybody would do that, but if you did, <laughs> I was pretty excited about him. This one, it's like, yeah, he's okay. I don't think I'd pick him if there were like other horses I thought were decent in the field. No, no, I'm with you, man. All right, that's the pick number three. Bye bye, Bobby. Remember this race is ran on Friday at Remington Park, so you want to stay tuned for that. <laughs>
Time for Rapid Fire presented by Racing Dudes Premium. That's right. Go over racingdudes.com to the handicapping products page to get your hands on any of our Racing Dudes Premium products. This is a good time of the year to do it. Derby Trail is just now kind of getting going again. Obviously, we roll into the new year. We got the Malibu coming up uh, here next week. Of course, the day after Christmas. Then you've got, like I said, Derby, 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 all these Derby preps coming up. And so if you are an active premium subscriber you get all those wagering guides absolutely free of course the Pegasus world cup uh in january as well which is a huge guide get your hands on any of these guides the past guides you can go get them right now and read uh kind of what we've done i had a really good uh guy you know last couple guys of course the breeders cup guide was a huge guide as well any of our racing news premium you get the rockets you get somo bombs you can get uh you know our daily picks for any of our tracks running the country so anything you need racing news premium go check it out racingdudes.com all right we got a big slate here of rapid fire we'll kick things off with the race prior on friday at remington park that's race 11 the trapeze stakes it's worth 100k uh for going one mile for two-year-old fillies so we got kind of the same similar race as the uh the springboard not a not a technical um prep so to speak but it is a race that you need to know in terms of what these horses are going to be doing uh, as we move forward in Halterman, field of 12, a big field and very similar, maybe a little more uh, uh, as far as prospects go in terms of uh, this, this two-year-old Philly division and the Oaks. You're looking at a very large betting option. So you want to talk about a betting field. You got it. Park of the Nile, Park on the Nile, I should say, for McPeak is your three-to-one favorite. Seven-to-two on Golden Sides for Brad Cox. Optionality for Asmussen's five-to-one. Those are your, really your three very clear main choices. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I took a shot with number nine, Golden Sights. I liked what I saw last time out. Finally got the maiden broke. Had, had a couple of decent efforts before that. Uh, now it moves to Brad Cox. And obviously, you look at that and you're like, okay, that's that's a good sign as well. Um, so I like Golden Sights. I, I like her to kind of build on what she did in her last couple of starts. Uh, and definitely the one, you know, last time out, really good win. Um you know, McPeak brings in Park of the Nile, who won at a mile and 16th last time out, or Park on the Nile. That's going to be a tough one to say. You just want to say of the Nile with those horses. But I know. Um, pretty good debut. Certainly can can come in here and win as well. But I, I, I took a shot with Golden Sights. Yeah, the six, there's a lot to like. But you know my rule. I cannot bet McPeak at three to one. It just yep. is not something I can do. But the horse, that was a nice debut. And obviously the horse... Uh, she definitely could win here. I'm with. I kind of was with you on terms of, of golden sights and uh, trying to decide between that. Where honestly, I was. I kept going back and forth between the nine and the twelve. And if the twelve would have drawn a little better, I would have felt better about it. But ultimately, I, I, I finally I did pull the trigger on the twelve optionality. Uh, a gun runner Philly for Winchell Thoroughbreds, obviously. Uh, you know, trained by Steve Aspison, and uh, you get Jose Ortiz to ride, which is, uh, you know, I rad his brother rode the horse last time. Again, another Zia Park, uh, Zia to Rivington Park angle here. Uh, but you know, the, like the horse kind of struggled a lot first three races, didn't run terrible, didn't run great, didn't break his her maiden, obviously. Then, boom, wins by six and, and almost seven links, and then goes to Zia and wins that one by six links. Kind of feels like maybe the, I mean, you never know, I guess, with these two-year-old fillies. But it feels like the light bulb may have gone off a little bit with this horse. Now the horse comes to Remington Park. I'm not saying this horse is a world beater, but it's a gun runner, Winchell, Jose, Aspison, and you're getting five to one. So I'll take a shot with number 12 optionality. All right, let's go to race five at Gulfstream Park. Tawani River Stakes, grade three. Uh, worth 100K going one mile on the turf. Again, we have a bunch of stakes race, five stakes races uh, to talk about at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. Halterman field of 12 lines up for this one. Another big field here. We got turf action here. So what'd you think? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good race. I, I looked at it a lot of different ways. I'm going to try to beat uh, the favorite here with an eight to one shot. I went number nine summering on top. Uh, I, I think this really likes Gulfstream Park. Won a race uh, at a mile, uh, which is the distance of this one last time out by three links. I look at this, and I think this horse can get out in front. I like the inside draw. I, I just hope they send and try to take and to wire again. I don't know. I mean, it is it is definitely a jump up from the last couple of races, but I think this horse is, is pretty solid. I think if uh, she gets that trip that I'm hoping, I think she can take and to wire. So I'll try to pull an upset early here uh, with an 8-to-1 shot, number 9, Summering. 
Well, I, I mean, it's kind of funny. I think we're, I'm trying to do the same thing, but I'm going to try to do it with a different horse. I'm going, okay. I did go. I did go with the three shifty she, just because I just I just felt like it's it's Saffy Joseph at Goldstream Park, and this horse is going to be flying early in this race. I mean, uh, at Goldstream Park, you know, four for six distance five five for nine this is kind of right up the the horse's alley and of course this horse really looked good last time out in the grade three uh at belmont park this horse last time it ran a goldstream well obviously won back-to-back races so there's a lot to like here with with her and and i i mean what did you th- like so do you think the three or do you think your horse gets to leave because it kind of feels like three will especially drawn inside yeah i mean i i guess that is possible that the three could as well um I, I don't know maybe maybe they maybe they battle it out a little bit and and uh set it up for a closer maybe we were looking at the wrong place i don't know i just really liked i don't know i thought the nine just kind of woke up a little bit last time out at, once he once she got to that lead i don't know she just kind of found another gear so i'm hoping they just they send her and and but we'll see maybe the three's out there as well all right, let's go to the next one. Uh, race six, the Rampart Stakes, worth 100K for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up, going one mile. Field of six, small field. I got a little relief here on the field size. The field of six lines up here. And really, <laughs> take your pick, man. I mean, really, other than the five grand baby, it's a wide-open field. Dream Marie is your nine-to-five favorite on the outside, but you got Allworthy at four-to-one. Don't get cozy at six-to-one, seven-to-two on Dance Dioro, and then Queen Nikia three-to-one for Safi Joseph. Where'd you land here? Yeah, this is another one. I'm going to take a little bit of a price here at four to one. Uh, you know, four to one on a six horse field isn't too bad. I'm going to go Allworthy uh, from from the rail here. Uh, you know, this horse gets back to Gulfstream Park last year. Gulfstream, she won two in a row before you know taking on a lot tougher company. Ran okay in the Monmouth Oaks, got fourth. Ran okay at Charlestown Oaks, got third, and then just got waxed against much tougher company in the Cotillion. I kind of think this is where she belongs. Um, and like I said, getting back to Gulfstream and getting back to a mile, I think it's all positive signs. So I'm going to go all worthy at four to one. Dude, I mean, I, I, I definitely am trying to beat the favorite, uh, the, the four horse there, or I guess the six horse and the four. So I'm going to go third choice here with Dance Dioro. Um, you know, again, the horse that likes the distance three for six, three for eight at Gulfstream Park. This horse, you know, had a little bit of break, came back uh, to run at a mile, dominated, came back from that, uh, finished third. I like the fact that this horse is has been, it's kind of shown that this horse is, like the last two efforts, even though the horse lost, the horse was very quick and out of the gate, it kind of tried to go gate to wire. And it feels a little bit like that's that's the plan here because it doesn't appear to be, the way I look at it, I didn't. I don't see like any speed, really. Yeah. You know, like it just seems like a very slow uh, race on paper, and in a race that's got no pace whatsoever, small field. You kind of think the three just might try to take them all the way around, and um, obviously when these Ralph Nicks and, um, and Bill, how do you pronounce his last name? Harmilio. Yeah. When they uh, when they. Uh, combined they're you know hitting at 20 20 percent pretty steadily there so this horse is or this uh you know he's rode this horse uh several times in the past as well so i think uh that's a, that's a good move here to get him back so i like number three dance Dioro at a mild upset all right let's go to race eight uh this is the sugar swirl stakes that's grade three 100k again we're at goldstream park seal phillies and mares three-year-olds and up going six furlongs field of eight Lines up here, nine to five on Frank's Rocket for Bill Mott. Two to one on number five, Center Isles. <laughs> this horse is like something's happened with this horse. This horse <laughs> looks really, it looks really good now. So what it really comes between those two are you going to another take another shot against a favorite? Well, I, you know, I think Center Isle is the horse to beat. So I mean, it's second choice. So I guess technically it's against the favorite, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this horse. You know, becomes uh, the, the the favorite by the time we get to post. I'm with you. I think the horse just is is really really good right now. You know, Rosario obviously can't ride because he's he's hurt, but Luis Saez gets aboard. I think that's a really good sign. Um, so yeah, I went center aisle on top. I think this horse can be pretty tough to beat. Like I said, uh, the horse you know after it was with Chad Brown and and wasn't good, but wasn't just horrible. 
And now with, with Lo, uh, Pablo Lobo, it's like, okay, this horse is really, really good. So I'm going to go five center aisle on top. Yeah. That, you know, this is like people forget center aisle was a $1.5 million purchase. Um, obviously had a ton of hope on debut, you know, debuted, looked awesome. Just was just pounded as a favorite. And then the next couple of races, guess who beat the horse? Frank's Rocket. And that's where I'm going. I'm going Frank. I, I definitely think center dial is the horse. I mean, obviously there's no doubt that those are the two logical top choices, but I don't know. Like Frank's Rocket. Listen, the, the, the issue with this horse is that does she know how to win anymore? Right? Like it just yeah. kind of feels like she runs, you know, that's probably your biggest, you know, and if you are betting this race, probably your biggest kind of pause. Like, can she, like, she's ran in some big races some tough races and she runs well, pretty much every time. It's just doesn't quite, you know, she's won here and there. She's won, you know, one four back and she ran into tough races and kind of shows up, but you know, Bell's the one she had to face that horse the last two times. So I think that you're getting a class really frankly, and she has ran at Gulfstream park once, uh, one and at this distance, it's a very good distance, five wins, two seconds, two thirds and 11 starts. So obviously this is right for alley. So I'm kind of banking on the class relief is enough to get Frank's rocket in the winner's circle. I like General Alvarado back aboard as well. So I'm a number three, Frank's rocket. Ah, uh, that horse, man. At one time I definitely want to picked her. She just hasn't looked, well, you said it. She just hasn't looked herself I know. completely. And that's it. Like I'm a pro. I mean, chances are I'd be like, you idiot. Like you, <laughs> no, I mean, you, you're trying, and that horse can you couldn't run because it definitely feels like the horse has lost. But you also wonder if it's this is obviously a very big class relief from like facing Bell's the one. Yeah. Um. So you kind of wonder, well, maybe if the class relief would be enough, and I mean, shit, Belmont, I like not gonna run her right. If she's right. Yeah. Not doing very well. So. Yeah, that one's tough, but I definitely think Center Isle is those two are the ones to play. Um, uh, obviously, there's a lot, you know, Center Isle's been a, a horse that's, you know, had, has had high hopes for, well, her entire career, frankly. It's just amazing that, you know, Chad Brown couldn't figure it out. And now I know. <laughs> Paul Lobo is. So. Well, I mean, I think there's skepticism <laughs> on why, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's go to race nine, the Harlands Holiday Stakes, grade three with 150K. Uh, for three-year-olds and up, going one, one, one and one-sixteenth miles, field of six, lines up here. Another race that you kind of have options all over the place. Maybe not huge price options, but nine to five on Mighty Heart, eight to five on Fearless on the outside, South Bend's four to one, Eye of the Jedi's eight to one. Alterman, it, it, Fearless or Mighty Heart, where are you going? I, I really feel like... Fearless is the better of the two. Uh, and, and, you know, I think second off the layoff will help this horse a little bit. Uh, you know, second off the layoff last year, went to the Oakland Handicap and got beat a half length uh, to Silver State and it beat Express Train and had a horrific trip in the race, if you remember. So second off the layoff this year, I think you'll see a little bit of a jump off of improvement. I know they've got to be disappointed they lost last time out. Um, but hopefully that was just kind of a prep to get the switch back. I, you know, I like Mighty Heart okay. I like South Bend okay. I like Eye of the Jedi a, a little bit as well. But I just think Fearless is a little bit better horse uh, than those. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go Fearless on top. Yeah, that's where I needed to. I mean, you think about the way this horse or the kind of horses this uh this horse has had to face and then like you said you know really probably should have won the oakland handicap ran a huge race that day and lost um you know after the pinnacle special we didn't see this horse for six months and then boom shows up at Gulfstream park and runs well just um maybe needed a race that so you like the fact i like the fact that that uh, he's drawn outside um you kind of can sit the trip what he needs to do and again you know luis Saez, there you go so you get Luis Saez on board as well for Todd Fletcher, who obviously when they team up, they do quite well together. So, I, you know, the, and it really it came down to, like, I, yes, I think, I mean, I don't think Fearless is like, I don't know. I don't know if necessarily think this works is like a, a major player in the, in the older division, but maybe not like the worst either. And right. the other thing is, is like, what really the one is who you would want to try to beat. I mean, Southman, like, 
I'm not betting South Bend with your money um, at four to one, especially. So it just kind of feels like the race is kind of for the six to take. It, it, it's there. If he go, if he runs like he did last year, second off the layoff, it's it's over. They're not going to beat him. Yeah, I think he'll set the perfect trip off the speed and just kind of should become, you know, kind of wheeling up on the outside at the you know, in the turn. And if the horse has any sort of closing kick like he's had um, in the past, it should be over. So I like number six, Fearless. Uh, and obviously this might be, a who knows, could it be a prep for the Pegasus World Cup? Um, we'll see. Uh, all right. Number uh, race 10, the Fort Lauderdale Stakes, grade two with 200K for three-year-olds and up, going one, one eighth miles. On the turf, another huge field of 12 here. And really, to me, I looked at this race for a while and it came down to, okay, the 12 Space Traveler, I like that horse, three to one though, and all the way to the outside. And then you got a couple of Chad Browns in here, analyze at the eight at four to one. And then your favorite, five to two, the two horse, La Imperador. Sure, maybe uh, for Chad Brown. So, where are you landing here? Yeah, you know, I I kind of hate my pick here, but I just couldn't get away from the number eight. Analyze it. I just feel like this horse is going to be loose on the lead, and, and I think if that happens uh, on this Gulfstream Park turf course, I, I think they'll have trouble running run and analyze it down. Um, you know, I singled the other Chad Brown horse last time out, and it worked out pretty well. But I, I just didn't really like him back in this spot. Space Traveler, I, I almost put on top, but it's like, you know, that horse has a lot of trouble winning, and now we're all the way to the outside. I just kept looking at this and thinking, I think Analyze it's going to be loose. And if he is, I don't think they'll catch him. So I, I went number eight, Analyze it on top. Boy, how do you feel about that? I don't, like I said, I don't feel great. Uh, you know, but what made me feel a little better, dude, is I it's like... I read through some of these other horses and it's just like, I don't, I wouldn't feel great about them either. Like this isn't a great field. You know, so you know what I mean? Like sometimes no. this Fort Lauderdale is a pretty good field this time of year. You know, it's kind of a mm-hmm. big race for the turf horses where there's just not any other ones around. I looked at this and thought, yeah, they, they could have got a better field here. This isn't much, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. This is not, not what you're used to seeing really, uh, in this time. I, Listen, I, I kept going back and forth here. I could, I, ultimately though, I, I just kept going back to the twelve space traveler. Yeah. And just because I, you look at the way, I mean, look at this. This horse has been facing just monsters, really, three straight races since coming over um, from overseas. You know, this horse, you know, finished for like closing every time, running like running the mile quarter on debut in the Mister D, finished fourth, beaten three and a quarter. Three and a half, um, best expending. Obviously, that was the race uh, with those horses right on the lead. Uh, then you got the, in the Woodbine, the Woodbine Mile. This horse finished second. The, the, after that, goes to Keelan Turf, finishes fifth, but only beaten two and a quarter to like In Love and some like Hot Brown. Into, like, so the horse has been three straight grade ones going a mile. Well, the first, last two have been a mile. I think this race is going to set up pretty well for the horse. It, it definitely feels like this might be a, a for another prep for uh, for Brennan Walsh and, and bringing this horse to the Dubai. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Pegasus turf. So we got to think this is a prep for that. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm a little worried that it is a prep, but those numbers, the numbers the horse runs, even though the loss have been very pretty strong, especially what we've seen in this field. I don't like sit, sitting here at three to one on space travel, especially drawing all the way to the outside, but I don't know. Like, I just feel like this horse might be the best horse of the bunch. Um, if to me, if I, I'd either take the 12 or the other Chad Brown uh, with you, like, analyze it. Um, just because I do like the, the pace standpoint from the 12, from the eight, analyze it as well. So I would the 12. I don't feel great about it, but I definitely think it's not, it is not, it's not the greatest of fields, but I also think it's 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 one to, to watch because I do feel like a couple of these might end up in the Pegasus turf um, next month. Uh, let's see, Dennis says, this is a maker special claim for 80K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. And that, yeah, Dennis says, this is a maker special claim for 80K perform well that is working the horse at Goldstream system. I agree. 
Dude, yep. I was looking at this race over and over, and I, you look at that. Uh, which one is it? It's the is it the t eleven Atone? Um, he's got a bunch in here. He's got the ten as well. The seven was the one that got the big claim last out. Yeah. So, so the seven he claimed for hundred k um, at uh, Del Mar last yep. time out, and, and might make her own. Like he he bought the horse. <laughs> trains the horse obviously um uh, been big been working the horse at media blitz is that that's a very interesting horse um a tone a horse has been running in 80k uh, claiming races uh you know obviously this is a, a, a move up but it, it, it kind of does fit and then maker's got the 10 order in law another horse mm -hmm. that's uh you know a huge price it definitely feel like the problem is like which maker are you going because it, it feels like if, 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 if you're gonna like if it's not gonna be one of these lower priced horses it feels like maker it's gonna win with one of these yeah it, it does it it has a maker even magic and i did the preview and, and he asked about one of the makers it just has that feel of a wow he really got that horse to improve down here in florida type of thing that you're gonna say once it's over you know exactly um but part of the problem is which one is it? <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I definitely agree. All right, let's wrap things up with uh, let's go to Oaklawn Park uh, on Saturday, race nine, the Tinsel Stakes. This is of course the uh, inaugural Tinsel Stakes of uh, 200K for three year olds and upward, going one and one eighth miles. Fill a seven, and you know it. It kind of it's kind of a fun field, really. Drew like a, a who's who of some of these older kind of. <laughs> uh shittier horses except for lone rock i mean lone rock obviously has been very very good for diodoro eight to five uh morning line favorite nine to two on title ready get tenfold in there at six to one eight to one on thomas shelby the other diodoro uh, five to two of course on on warrior's charge and some he's still around for brad cox <laughs> so lone rock obviously has been unbelievably good been very very strong but we've been seeing this he feels like the, Oddly enough, it feels like you and I have seen Lone Rock in person like a hundred times this year because he's always been running in these kind of lower level stakes races on the earlier on the big cards. And he's been running, but he's been running for like two miles every race, you know, mile and a mile and a half. You know, he's like he's running long races. So this is a cutback in a mile and eighth. Do you still like him though? I I I'm gonna take him. I, I another one it's like, man, I don't know about this cutback, but I think the mile and eighth is the key. Like, if it was a mile and 16th, I'd be a little worried. But a mile and 8th, I think it's just long enough for him. Honestly, it's just like he outclasses this group, right? And he and his form is, is just really, really good. I, I thought about Warriors Charge for a little bit, but I just, I don't know. It's been it's been a long time, right? <laughs> he kinda, he's starting to feel, like, endorsed a little bit. Like, we talked about him last week. So it's like, yeah, he's not going to ever win. Um, if I was going to play against Lone Rock, I would look at number 6, Thomas Shelby. This horse has won three races in a row. The horse likes to get out in front. I don't see a whole lot of other speed in this race. I think he's dangerous at a price here. So uh, I am going to put Lone Rock on top, but the other Diodoro, uh, number six, Thomas Shelby, I think makes a little bit of sense in this in this spot as well. It definitely feels like you, you, you can't go wrong, really, so to speak, if you want to just play both those Diodoros because... You definitely feel like the six is going to go. It's going to set the pace. And obviously, Diodoro knows what he's doing. He's going to set it up. And then you're hoping that the two Lone Rock sits off of that pace and pounces late like he has done. You know, you look back at the last race where Tiz Magician did all the dirty work. And, uh, you know, Lone Rock kind of just came looming up and did his thing. And it's kind of like how, how he likes to win his races, kind of sitting off of it just a tad and then kind of pouncing late. So yeah, as long as the distance is not a concern, which is oddly enough to say, like, <laughs> but you're thinking it from the opposite <laughs> angle, yeah. like, uh, you know, ran out of real estate, so to speak. Um, I don't think, to me, I, I just think Lone Rock is just out, gonna outclass the rest of these horses. But I, if you're gonna play a prize, I would rather play, I would much rather play the stable mate um, than I would well, certainly more than I'd rather play like tenfold or title ready or shit, even warrior charge because <laughs> I just it's I mean, I, I don't know if Cohen was born the last time Warrior Charge won a race. So it's uh actually 
to be clear, maybe Cooper wasn't. It was uh, no. Anyway, yes, he did. The last time Warriors Charge won a race, it was February of 2020. So almost, wow, almost going on two years. So yeah, not, not completely out of the realm for Cooper. So uh, no, I'm with you. I went Loden Rock. If you're gonna try to beat him, go with the Stanley Lane number six, Thomas Shelby. Jeez, that was that was yeah, that was the uh, the COVID year. He, he won that Razorback right before. Yep. And then yep. he, he ran an incredible race yep. against uh by my well, not incredible, but a really good race against by my standards. Yep. And lost at Oakland handicap. And that and started at, mile. how many is this in a row now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He's lost eleven straight. And remember he went to the Met Mile and he, he tried to tried to it looked like for like half a second, like he looks like he's a perfect spot and he just Yep shut down but yeah i mean really you know he, he he at least was used to be very consistent in terms of like finishing on the board or you know a good fourth but you know then he's been throwing in some some eights and some six and some ninths and he just kind of <laughs> he's in a little more uh a little less dependable uh dennis wants to know real quick before we move on what your thoughts are on the three well, it's one, one, two races in a row I, I, and a horse that I think is going to need a little bit of pace set up here. And I, I don't know that he gets it. Uh, that's my biggest worry. But horses coming in doing really, really well. Gets Ricardo aboard. I think that's, you know, obviously a good sign as well. Um, I think if you get that six to one price, there's definitely, you know, a reason to, to, to think about that horse. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It feels like there might be a little bit too late, you know, for him in terms of the, the pace. Like, I, I think yeah. the pace sets up nicely for the two in terms of this, like, Lone Rock will be right on it. Like, he'll be right there with with his stable mate. But the three likes to come from Will out of it, it seems like. And you got to think Lone Rock will be um, even maybe faster, so to speak, here because of the, mm-hmm. the shorter distance. Because, again, he's getting a, he's getting a break in the distance. So, uh, yeah, you and I are both on Lone Rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have. Check out racingdudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our handicap products page. Remember, get get click the get racing dudes premium button at the at the button at the, at the main menu at racingdudes.com. If you want to learn more, of course, the Malibu guide coming out. I uh, know Christmas is coming up and everyone's going to be busy with stuff, but remember the Malibu. And that whole day of racing at Santa is coming up the day after Christmas, which this year falls on a Sunday. Um, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And of course the wagering guide will be available for that sometime, uh, next week. Remember we are a destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks, as well as sports. We got sports. Just click the sports tab at the menu at racingdudes.com or just type in racingdudes.com slash sports to get all your information on what you need for the betting. Of course, obviously lots of news going on, uh, <laughs> lately. Shit, man really on both sides now with college and NFL, but talked a little bit about the COVID issues. And of course, last night, you know, burning the midnight oil, the, the Jags say, you know what? Just fuck it. Let's just, let's just fire him in, at midnight. Uh, Urban Meyer's out as the Jacksonville Jaguar coach. Uh, that was a very short lived. I think he won two games for the Jags yep. this year. Yep. Two and 11. Where's he going next? I told you, I think he's going home next, and I don't think we'll hear from him again for a while. I think I think this was just a complete disaster from the word go, and, uh, you know, I, I yeah, you're crazy. Gets fired at midnight, basically, central time. Uh, I, yeah, I, I was getting ready to go to bed, and I, I heard the phone go off. I thought it was a text message or something, and it was the ESPN alert. No, this was a disaster. I, You know, I think if he wanted to coach college, he would have already done it. You know, I, I don't think he would have went to the pros. I think he thought, try something new, a little less stressful as far as, uh, you know, not having to go out and recruit and all that kind of stuff. And uh didn't work out. It didn't work out too well at all. <laughs> uh, no, not literally. <laughs> um, kicking kickers and, yeah. and uh, you know, cheating on his wife and just uh, having a – that's the thing I kept I read is like you know they after all that shit happened with his wife or or the mistress or whatever you know the club or his bar or restaurant and it's like the ownership was like we gotta earn your trust back and then this it's almost like the report comes out of him kicking somebody and you know got, there's got to be other stuff out there that that we don't know yet um, 
in terms of how he treated his players and stuff. And just say, it's like, you know what? Like, cause I mean, you kind of assume that at least I did, you know, they're not a good football team. Um, you know, like there's not a lot of harm, so to speak in just keeping them for the rest of the year, you know, let them finish the year out and then obviously get rid of them in the off season. But I guess the one plus side they see is that, you know, I know there's a, there is a new rule in the NFL that once I think it's like within I think the last two or three weeks of the season, I believe of the regular mm-hmm. season, you can start recruiting. Um, you can start looking at new coaches and stuff. And so they were going to get a jump on that. I, I, I was like, fuck it, man, let's just get, <laughs> let's get rid of them. And clearly no one gives a shit. Like the, the buzz you see around the sports, it's like no one cares that he's gone. And honestly, I think a lot of us saw it coming. Well, he, they were, I think it was a three point favorite. And when he got fired, they moved up to a four and a half point favorite this weekend. <laughs> So that, that shows you what Vegas thinks, you know, and what the betting public thinks as well. Uh, I don't know. Nobody, nobody cares that he's gone. He brought, he just didn't bring anything to Jacksonville. And the guy I feel the sorriest for is Trevor Lawrence. Cause everybody's saying, Oh, he's awful. He's awful. Well, he had no help. And I, I kept saying that all year. It's like, you can't judge him on this year. You know, uh, he just didn't have any help. So I, I still think, you know, don't give up on him just yet. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny. And like I said, these college coaches they they come from a, a situation where they're the man. You know, they are they are up on a pedestal, and and anybody will just bow down to them. They get to the NFL, and they they don't have that, and they can't handle it. A lot of them, you know. I think why Cliff Kingsbury isn't a total disaster in Arizona is he never had that attitude. You know, he coached at Texas Tech, and he wasn't really a big deal, and he's a laid back guy anyway. So he could transition, you know, Jimmy Johnson, think about him, kind of a laid back guy. You know, he was able to transition and win in the NFL, but uh, these other guys, they they can't do it. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it is one of those, it's, it sucks for, for Trevor, like you said, because also because, you know, he's going to have, you know, he's going to have, and this happens a lot. It feels like with teams, especially like you look at like a Browns organization where they've, They'll continually get new quarterbacks and they'll also begin getting new coaches. And in this case, you got Trevor Lawrence, who is going to have to learn a new system, a new plan, whatever that is for the new coach that comes in. So you, it, it's like you're almost setting yourself back another year in terms of his development. Um, because, yeah, he wasn't. And like, you know, they that, that Robinson running back, who's really, really good, one of the good players, and they, he just benched him. Yeah. Uh, he fun, fumbled once. And then there was some, I think there was some beef between. Uh, Urban Meyer and 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 uh, Trevor, and so yeah. in terms of that, how they handled that, and you know, like yeah, you know, that's we're hearing these things, like you know, that's tip of the iceberg, like you just know that's what who knows what this locker room environment uh, was like. And it's a very college football thing to do. Stump yeah. kid fumbles, we're gonna bench him. You don't do that in the pros. That's not how no. you handle guys in the pros. These are professionals. You can't do that. You know. You can get in their face and say, don't fumble or whatever you want to say, but you don't bench them. That's just, that's, it's, it's a very, it's, that's what you do to, to, you know, lack for a better word, you know, younger people, juveniles, so to speak, you know, these yeah, are grown I mean, ass men, you bench them, they'll just slap you right in the face. You know, I mean, you're in the NFL at this point. So like your job is to, to win games and, and, and yeah. to have the best players play and, and, Sure, you need to manage their egos and 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 be a player, you know, and like you know, you look at like a guy like Andy Reid or whatever. That's like he's a very, like they respect him if he comes down on them. They respect that. Like you have to earn, but you have to earn that level of ability. You can't just come in and start telling guys yeah. what to do, especially when you have a very low, clearly moral compass in terms of how you're handling your own shit. Yep, and. I, I just that that whole deal, and I don't want to get like all over this, but like that to me, it wasn't to me though. It bothered me the what it would have bothered me the most. I didn't really care. Um, it, it would have been like you just got lo- you just lost in a very tough close game, and not the fact that you went and like were doing whatever with this chick. Uh, it would be the fact that you opted to stay when your whole team flew back home after a tough loss. The optics of that alone are awful. Even if he didn't do, even if there was no like shit that went on at the club or this bar, you know, anything like that. But then you add that to it, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. And that the the players were sure were like, okay, we just lost. That was tough. He bailed on us. He left, and then he's out 
mingling with not his wife. It's just you just lose all sort of, of trust and respect in your coach. And then he's probably firing, you know, words and, and kicking kickers and saying shit. And it's just like, I'm sure they just only going to make things worse. I mean, he's just, just not, I mean, really, I kind of thought he would be in an okay place at the beginning of the year. Like I thought, yeah, maybe, you know, he's kind of shake things up and get a guy like Trevor Lawrence in there. And he's called, obviously he, he knows how to coach college urban does. And this guy's right out of college. Like maybe there's that level of, of trust there, but man, clearly not. I was going to say, clearly not. (laughs) Clearly there is no level of trust anywhere. So uh, I'm with you. I didn't think it'd be a total disaster like this, but uh, wow. It was. <laughs> There's no other way around it. It was a. It was a mess from the very beginning. Um, what's the current line? Is it three and a half still? What is the line on the Chiefs game? Uh, Chiefs are minus three right now. Okay, it's minus three. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the game? Oh, I think I think the Chiefs win tonight. I I, I just I really don't think it'll be. I don't. I shouldn't say that. I think it'll be a good game. I think it will be close, but. Uh, I just, I just think the Chiefs are experienced in these kind of situations, and, and I don't think the Chargers are going to be able to come through on a big stage. I think it's the game of the week, and I think the Chiefs get it done. I, I, I think they cover. It certainly has. I think it's. Uh, it, it seems to me that this is like one of the better Thursday night games, and I'm biased, I know, oh, yeah. but it's a, it's one of the better Thursday night games, obviously two divisional teams, obviously with high power offenses or, you know, semi high power offenses depending on what chiefs offense shows up. Um, and obviously the defense of the, the, of the Kansas city is, is probably one of the better stories of the entire NFL this year. It's unbelievable. Yep. The turnaround they've made. And at first you start to think, Oh, that's a little fluky because they're you know they played you know they played uh, Love instead of Rogers or they had to like just you know some kind of some bullshit things that happened or but it's just like it's it's continuing to happen it's a trend now that this defense is showing up and playing really really big football so um, yeah it's been a huge storyline and obviously with the the issues with the the COVID stuff and maybe some of these guys like. Uh, uh, Chris Jones being out, it makes it a little more interesting, but I'm with you. I think the chiefs will win. I think they just, they're on a roll right now and they're going to be tough to beat. I, you know, I think the biggest key tonight, this is the test for the defense. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing to look at. I, they've been very, very good. Now you're on the road playing a very good uh, offensive team. And if they can, they can shut them down. I think they become the favorites to win the Super Bowl tonight. Uh, I really do. So I think it's a big game. And, you know, and the other the other end of it is if they lose this game, they may not win the division. So that's that's how pivotal this game is. I saw a stat and I'm going to screw it up because I don't have it in front of me and I don't know exactly what it was. But it basically it's uh, one of the first times in like since what was it is the first time since I think 2007 or something where we, we still have zero teams locked into playoffs yet. Yeah. There's no team, like literally every team in the NFL, well, there are some that are effectively eliminated from making the playoffs, of course, but as far as getting a spot, there's zero teams still that have a playoff spot. Everything's wide open. We don't have any teams with less than, I believe, what is it? Four wins Mm -hmm. or four losses. I'm sorry. Um, That it's, so it's just, it's such a, it's very, I mean, it's so close right now across the board in terms, like you say, with the chiefs division, I mean, shit. They could be like they're trying to get the one seed, and they certainly are in the driver's seat to do that in terms of if they keep winning. But they could also not even win the division and be trying to get a wild card spot. You know, it's really that close. So, you know, yeah. they've got the Chargers left. It's all they don't have the toughest of schedules left, but they still, I mean, they have the Chargers, they've got the, the Steelers, um, they got the Bengals, which you never know with the Bengals. They've been kind of back and forth. And then you've got the Broncos to finish off the season. So you got to think they can, if they can beat. Chargers, this is probably the biggest test of those last four games. And then you've got, you would think they could handle the Steelers and, and, uh, you know, the Bengals will see. And then the Broncos definitely should be able to handle that. So, yeah, they're in the driver's seat for a a first round bye. You got to remember, it's only one team this year now that they do the buys for. It's not the top two seats, it's only the one seed. Um, So, you really want that number one seed. And so, obviously, with the Bills and the Titans, you know, obviously the Bengals have fallen. You know, a lot of these teams uh, starting to falter. The Ravens, like, it's up for grabs. 
It really is. So I got the Chiefs tonight too, as you can't tell, repping the <laughs> the Mahomes white um, today. So final thoughts, Halterman, uh, on the uh, what's going on? What's what the Magic Mike doing? I don't even see a, a scheduled show for them. So are they? I, they I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard. I, I'm guessing they'll do Gulfstream with all the stakes races. I'm pretty sure that's where they'll go. Uh, so now they're coming up you know, about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And yeah, final thoughts, uh, you know, last derby prep before our draft. So a lot of fun, springboard mile, and then uh, good action again this weekend, Gulfstream and Oakland kind of carrying the banner uh, until, like you mentioned, until Malibu Day there at Santa Anita, which is man, a week from Sunday. That's very hard to believe. Yep, and it's going to I mean the Malibu's shaping up to be a pretty solid race. So, uh, yep. it was, as, as it is every year. So, um, stay tuned for that, of course. And uh, again, the Magic Mike Show, you can check us out on us and the Magic Mike Show on all your regular pl- podcast platforms. Of course, on our website, racingdudes.com, on the podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Captivate. Uh, you go to our YouTube page and watch these videos back live kind of see the interaction as well as for that again stay tuned for the magic mic show we believe maybe they'll show up and maybe they'll do the the, uh, late pick four at goldstream park all right guys thanks for tuning in i'm jared welch he's aaron alterman good luck this weekend racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets <laughs>